The year was 1994. Michael Jeffrey Jordan is in Birmingham, Alabama playing double A ball. And Scottie Pippen is on his own, under the spotlight, finally able to prove that he can be a superstar without his airness. So how does Scotty do during the 94 season? He does really, really great. Scotty has a career high in points per game, steals per game, and free throws attempted per game. The Bulls win 55 games. There were only five other teams with more wins. And Chicago swept the Cleveland Cavaliers in the first round of the NBA playoffs. But in the second round, the Bulls would meet the vaunted, feared, blood-in-the-garden New York Knicks, led by the seven-footer Patrick Ewing. The Knicks took games one and two in the city. Game three in Chicago was Scotty's chance to get the Bulls back in the series. With 1.8 seconds left, the Bulls and Knicks were tied at 102. Chicago's ball and the game on the line. Who does Phil Jackson draw up a play for? Does he finally give Scotty his shot to be the superstar? No. Jackson draws up a play for Tony Kukoc. He gives the ball to someone else. How does Scotty respond? Does he play the decoy role perfectly? Does he set a screen? No. Scotty Pippen refused to go in the game. He abandoned his teammates. He quit. But the show must go on. Myers triggers the inbounds pass. Who coach for the win? The Bulls won game four. The series is tied 2-2, but the Knicks protected home court and won game five. Back in Chicago, game six, the series and season hanging in the balance. The Bulls stampeded the Knicks with a 15-point lead in the third quarter and the Bulls on a run. Chicago's defense led to fast-break offense and one of the most savage moments in NBA history. Oakley rejected by Grant. Myers for Pippen. Whoa, a faithful Scotty Pippen in the face of Patrick Ewing, who did not appreciate it. No, he did not. But we can. This is First Ballot. Welcome back to First Ballot, the podcast that celebrates the moments in sports that really matter and inducts them into the First Ballot Hall of Fame. I am your host, Neil, the right-handed Rodney Rogers, the orthodox Rodney Rogers, the SoundCloud Strollmile Swift, coming to you live from the Shaquille O'Neal Office Depot, big and tall executive suite desk chair, and black grain top leather. Today's episode could be sponsored by McDonald's Sprite. My favorite thing about the internet is how we all came together and independently yet uniformly agreed that McDonald's Sprite is electricity. That's so much fun. It really is. That that soda has a goddamn bite to it. It's different in the store. I love that we all knew that separately and then came together on the internet and agreed about it as a people. My least favorite thing about the internet is how it can and does ruin countless lives. Bit of a trade-off there. (laughs) 
Yes, we enjoy talking about fountain soft drinks at McDonald's, but also social media ruins children. You can easily get specs for a 3D printed ghost gun. And, you know, the Internet spreads dangerous ideas unimpeded to billions worldwide. But the Sprite, you know, it's so good. Scotty Pippen's dunk on Patrick Ewing is an all-timer. But is it a first ballot Hall of Famer? That's what we have to decide today. And here to do it with me is someone I consider a friend. He was the editor-in-chief of the Immortal Slam magazine for 10 years. He was the editor of Bleacher Report and head of content at Just Women's Sports. His articles have appeared in the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, and the New York Daily News, just to name a few. He also recently appeared in the ESPN 30 for 30 doc, the greatest mixtape ever on the rise and fall of And One. And now he's working on the Point Forward podcast with Evan Turner and Andre Iguodala. He's a great guy. He's thoughtful and intentional. It's the talented, the legendary Ben Osborne. Ben, thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Neil. I think we're good. That that was the nicest intro I've ever gotten. (laughs) Our work here is done. I the truth is is I just want to uh, uh, bring you on. We used to work together, so I've talked to you a bunch. I actually used to sit across the table from you, but I always have time to hear you tell Slam Magazine stories. Tell me what it was like to work at Slam Magazine, and I don't want like oh it was fun and these guys were great. I want like give me a story about working at Slam Magazine. Why does that seem like a perfect job? Give me a story. Um, it's a. It, it was a great job. Uh, I think that the big difference is that the athletes really uh, enjoyed it. They, yes. they they grew up with it. And so the relationship, you know, I think the, the, the media athlete relationship is legitimately tense in a lot of cases. And it was not here. Um, I, I mean, I, there's I, I don't I can't give like too many details, but I mean, just off the top of my head, you know, Interesting hotel room visits to Lamar Odom, Jamal Tinsley, um, Tinsley. draft parties for Kemba Walker and uh, hanging out with Brandon Jennings, um, you know, late night meals in Washington, D.C. with Rip Hamilton, mm. um, Rashid Wallace, you know, only w- being willing to talk to Lang Whitaker and eschewing all <laughs> other media Um Alan Iverson, you know, taking out his hair for us. Oh my God. Um, like just, we just, it was just different. You know, the, the guy, like I love pure journalism. I have no qualms with it. I've practiced it many times. Um, and I would say Sam was never publishing falsehoods, but we right. were upbeat. The point was right. it was love. It was celebration. Right. So, you know, we just had different jobs. Like I'm not mad at a, reporter that has to ask the tough questions after the game but i also wasn't sad that that wasn't my job we weren't a daily publication and even when we went online and put stuff out every day like you can read negative stuff everywhere so i think that guys knew that they were going to be celebrated i mean it it really it was very very special and i I think it is to this day i mean the the guys there are still doing a great job i can't speak to you know little individual stories of current stars but certainly you know going back to Iverson, Kobe, LeBron, like just really great moments with with them and people that were, you know, again, not necessarily easy to get to do things. And they were with us yeah. because they knew that, you know, they'd grown up with us and they wanted to be part of it. And uh, it was it was really awesome. It was a, it was it was very special. It, 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 maybe you just answered this. 
but what has made slam matter for so long? Like, uh, you know, I use the word matter in my little introduction about sports moments, because that's a word to me that's important. Like to me, certain moments matter. I think today's is one of them. Uh, slam magazine matters. It mattered 30 years ago when I was a kid, it mattered and it matters today in a completely broken, different media landscape. How has it mattered for so long, and what role did you play in it, its continued importance in the in the space? Uh, I mean, I think it mattered and matters because you know basketball has a culture all its own, and certainly back then, um, you know, there was just kind of sports generalist publications and, and outlets, and you, you can't treat basketball the same way you treat the NFL or the NHL or Major League Baseball. It had a culture all its own. The the vision of Dennis Page that started it, who had done Guitar World and later did Double XL, was to make a music magazine about sports. Mm. And, you know, I don't know if I've probably mentioned this too, maybe not, but like while while I was there, we tried football, baseball, oh, uh, soccer, and none of them I mean soccer could probably work overseas, but right. but certainly you they're they're not those other athletes are not really rock stars. NBA NBA athletes are rock stars. We see them, we see the tattoos, we see the fashion. You know, we we were covering sneakers closely before anybody. For me, you are the progenitor of that. For, for me, that that I I the only reason I knew about sneakers was from Slam Magazine. That was the only reason I wasn't cool. I didn't have friends that were cool. Uh, I mean, I played basketball. I was very, very good at basketball. But I, I, I didn't know about sneakers. I knew about sneakers because of Slam Magazine. To me, that's where it started. At yeah. least sneaker media. So my hat's yeah. off to you guys. Also, I feel like you were there and, and captained the ship through the most important period. I mean, I guess you could make the argument that its starting was the most important. But to me, the heyday, you were the captain of the ship. Anytime I get the chance to bring you up or that you come up in conversation that I'm having, I love to go. I know I'm friends with the guy that was the editor-in-chief of Slam Magazine through the heyday. The guy ran the goddamn thing. I, anyway, I just think it's fantastic. Those guys, all of the Slam is fam folks, when I got on social media, I'm so competitive that when I saw all these people that worked for Slam and I saw the things they were writing and tweeting about, I was like, I can do that. <laughs> I was like, I had never wanted to write or talk about sports or any of those things. I mean, I loved them, but I never thought about doing any of those things. It was watching all those people. I've looked up to all of you people that worked at Slam. When I got on social media, I started following all of you people. And that's kind of sort of how I wound up doing this is because I've always looked up to what you guys do and how you did it. And uh, I'm just such a huge fan. So I really appreciate you being on the show today. Um, before we go any further, set the table for me. What's your favorite sport, your favorite team, your favorite athlete of all time? Uh, my favorite sport is basketball. I mean, I'm really I love a lot of sports. I, I would put baseball pretty close behind yeah. basketball and I think basketball has always been my favorite for a lot of the reasons we just we just mentioned, just yeah. the personality that shines through, um, the backstories, where, where guys have come from. But Neil, my favorite athlete by a million miles, and I've had, you know, Walter Payton, Ricky Henderson, Steve Sachs, like I've yes. I've had a lot of I've had a lot of favorite guys in other sports, but Mark Jackson is, you know, just on another level really um 
really my favorite athlete by by a million miles. And because of that, like, and just the way different players attracted me, like I had years rooting for the Knicks. I had years hating the Knicks. I I was a net fan at times because I loved Kenny and Derek and maybe the Knicks were mistreating Mark. Um, You know, when Mark was the head coach of the Warriors, I was rooting for the Warriors. Then I was obviously very envious of what transpired after. Um, so, you know, Mark, number one, and then teams have just been all over the place. Again, there was a Nick era. There was a net era. Both of my parents are from Chicago. Um, my dad loves the bulls and, you know, I'm not like, I don't have like a stone heart. I love Mark Jackson the most, but Jordan and Pippen were right. We're right there. Um, you know, at his heyday, Scotty Pippen, who I know we're going to talk about was, was probably my second favorite player a little over Jordan, but I love the Bulls era, you know, like, like a lot of other people. Um, and so, yeah, I've just, you know, again, unlike these other sports where it's like, I've liked the same team since I was seven or eight years old. Um, basketball has been all over as team wise, but player, I was, I was always, I was loyal to Mark pretty much since he was finishing up at St. John's. I guess that's how you end up being editor-in-chief of Slam Magazine is that you have such a varied, um, legitimate, earnest, passionate um, uh, following of multiple players and multiple teams. And then when you're just a cold-hearted curmudgeon like me that only loves the Lakers and anyone that plays in the Lakers, and the minute you leave the Lakers, I hate you, you end up recording a podcast like this. I, I mean, you know what? That It's actually like... I mean, it's weird because the other sports, like I said, go back to true childhood, but certainly being at Slam would only make you more player centric because yes. it's like, well, who's on the cover? Right. You know, like I was certainly, I mean, I love the way LeBron plays no matter what, but also he was so good for business, yes. you know? And uh, so it was also like, oh, Ben, who's your favorite player? I'm like, uh, who's on the cover this month? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like we we were a very newsstand driven publication. I think for many years that, that also, you know, that would, how can I be loyal to a team if I got to root against the guy that, you know, my livelihood is, is uh, depending <laughs> <Time> on. <laughs> um, what, what was it about Mark Jackson? You, you must've started during St. John's. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really, um, I mean, there, you know, growing up in New York, it's, it's such a, uh, pro sports town. St. John's was really like the only, I mean, I got, I had friends who were big Syracuse fans, but you know, that's like not even close. It just, it claims the state. Um, and college basketball is a really, really neat sport. Probably my favorite when I was in middle. during that time. Yeah. Like yeah. late eighties, early nineties. Um, and so, and St. John's was really good. I mean, they had mm-hmm. gone to the final four when Mark was a freshman. Um, they had Chris Mullen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, was, he was on Mullen's team. I didn't even realize. Yeah. They went to the 1985 final four. He played every game, you know, probably average about 10 minutes a game. Um, but then by the time he was junior and senior, you know, he's like all, all big yeah, East. Yeah. And, um, one of my friends was like, you, uh, you know, you, your shots are like Jackson variations cause he had the teardrop mm-hmm. and I was, um, unathletic, lazy, <laughs> hot dog, right. like a really bad version of him. Right. And, you know, like I had a coach that would just beg me to like shoot a proper jump shot. And like, I just didn't, you know, and, and, and it's funny, like I worked, I was a cat, I was a varsity catcher and quarterback. Like I really worked 
pretty hard at those other sports. It's not that I didn't work hard at basketball, but it was like I was more concerned about like how it looked than if it was actually efficient. And as you could imagine, that didn't last very long and it was ended up being my worst sport. But like I was being compared to him right? Uh, for all like, again, because of being unathletic, <laughs> right, not right, shooting yeah. properly. Right. And I was like, wait, this <laughs> dude is succeeding like this, you know? So I just I love that he played so different. And then then just all these things would happen where it's like this guy is overcoming so much like, yeah. you know, he's the there. There's one like random old pick in the 60s but otherwise you know basically the lowest draft pick ever to win rookie of the year he wins rookie i didn't even realize that yeah he wins rookie of the year with the knicks and then they draft fucking rod strickland like i mean i love rod too another new yorker but like what more what type of suit what are you doing why would you create that tension think of how horrible that is whenever does a team draft a have a rookie of the year and then draft the exact same position and in this case guys that knew each other knew each other right like you know they've recovered but like that was not a good vibe why did they do that i don't know anything about that i didn't because they didn't believe in him no one believed in him it's like one rookie of the year yes he averaged like 13 and 8, you know, Rick Patino. 18th you know, pick, I just looked up. But it, but it's like they didn't, it's like they no one believed it was real because he was slow, because he wasn't right, a great shooter. Right. It's like this can't, this is a mirage. last, right. Then he has uh even better second season. He goes to, makes his one all-star game. Um, and, and Neil, by the way, he's doing this with like more flair than, yes. you know, it, <laughs> it, like any option to do a no look pass like at the most agree the most unnecessary times you know like it's like he made up for like what he couldn't do right. with like just be, right. you know the air he did the Beauty. airplane in the shimmy like yes. i mean people hated him because it was just like they were just like what and i loved it i loved it so i mean his oh, passes his passes were really really something to behold and so showy like just hold on do you have a favorite pass and i'm i am asking you this i do want your answer but i also want you to know this question is about me but you start do you have a favorite pass um well yeah but this is a really deep cut because it's not it's not an assist it's when you know he also so then years three and four they like dick him over and they bring in Mo Cheeks and they you know they have him they have game five against the Celtics he got no minutes and they did beat them so like that didn't really help his cause but he was catching he might have caught like 14 DNPs over years three and four he got suspended for conduct detrimental to the team it's like no shit he was angry he was an (laughs) all-star and John McLeod this clown has him on the bench really absurd so then year five, they get uh, they get Pat Riley in, makes him the starter, uh, and then they draft Greg Anthony. Again, they draft the point guard. So then they ended up, after one year of that, um, they traded him to the Clippers. And his first year with the Clippers, Neil, check the numbers. Like, that is his second best season. I think it was like 14 and 10 playing for Larry mm-hmm. Brown. And he did a... Um, he had a breakaway, and I'm guessing Mark had maybe 
less than 20 dunks in his career, maybe 12 or so. But he caught one. He did. He bounced it to him. He had a he had a one on zero breakaway, and he did a high bounce pass, caught it, and dunked it, which is so dope. Like really, for a guy that could barely dunk to do that in a game. So that's my that's my favorite pass. He also, oh, and this one's really him. crazy. Again, tied to this thing conversation we're gonna have. He caught one on Scottie Pippen once, did like he really? off of a. It was off of a jump ball. And and like a like a three quarter court jump ball, like at the opposite thing, and he had a breakaway, and it wasn't like Pippen wasn't under the basket, but Pippen was like trying to time it because he was sure he'd be uh, able to get him. Yeah. And Mark Mark got it. Um, <laughs> so his his very few dunks stand out. The passes, I mean, there was there was a lot to Ewing, you know, like a lot of over the shoulder. Okay, no, one, you just did the one. You just did the one. It's against that, the Jazz. The yeah. Jazz. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. That pass changed my life. It's not my favorite <laughs> pass of all time, but that is without question in my top ten favorite passes. And when I saw that as a kid, it changed my life. That little over the shoulder behind yeah. his neck to Pat on the baseline, who just absolutely crushes the ball. I loved that pass as a kid. I loved that pass as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, I mean, that's like the obvious one, but that's the one of his that's like kind of famous, but he had some like between the legs joints and I mean, just, and just, <laughs> there's just times where like he does the lookaways when it's so unnecessary. <laughs> he, I really feel like, you know, I ask a lot of questions about on this show, what's your favorite? What's the best? And it spans everything, athletes, teams, fast food, drinks, beverages, all that stuff. Because to me, that stuff defines who you are. Nothing defines someone more than liking someone like Mark Jackson. It's yeah. so specific. It says a lot about you. It says that you're a team player. It says that you like making other people look good. I really appreciate that about you. It's a great answer. I, yeah. I knew you loved Mark Jackson. Yeah. I wanted to and, bring him up. I had no idea I'd be stirring and, up a hornet's nest. <laughs> no, but – and what's what's really special and like – I mean, I was very professional over my years. I mean, I I got to meet Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, all of them, and I never asked for anything, always very composed. But Mark, God bless Tony Gervino, like my first feature <laughs> on Slam, they gave me a Mark Jackson assignment, and I went out to Indiana, and I interviewed him, did not betray anything. But once that story came out and I brought it to him at a Nick game, I was like, Mark, I got to tell you something. <laughs> and... um he loved it. I mean, he was popular, but like, there's yeah. not many, you know, he right. wasn't too many people's favorite right, player. Right, right. So, and then I have, I had and have email addresses that include the phrase Mark Jacks fan, which he knows. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, I went from like a little writer to a person of like mild prominence in the industry. So, you know, whatever we've just, I, I, a friend is a slightly strong word, but we are very friendly, uh. go back and forth on twitter and instagram we text each other you know oh, like amazing. um so and and again it's like if he was jordan or lebron right. like who would right. have time for right. all that but right. be, like he can probably count on you know right. two hands how many people like he's literally their number one favorite player and it's oh, like i invented amazing. that right, when right, i got right 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 authority it's like this is since i was 13 years old oh, so, so um so. it's 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 pretty sweet uh to like you know, to this day. And, and yeah, I like to shout it, you know, there's lots of social media does lend itself to like, who's your favorite player? What's your favorite moment? And so I, I just tag him whenever I can. That's the best. He's the best. That's fantastic. What a great player. 
Uh, ben, let's dive into our moment. We have to decide whether Pippin on Ewing, a moment you chose. I believe I've seen you post on Twitter that that is your favorite dunk. Can I say that? Is that true? Yes, ab- okay. absolutely. Here we go. We're going to decide whether this goes into the first belt Hall of Fame. I'm telling you, you've got a road to hoe here. This is not going to be a walk in the park. I've got some tough questions coming up. To decide whether this goes into the first belt Hall of Fame, we have to go through our Hall of Fame credentials. Those are the categories by which we judge our moment. The first one, as usual. Analytics. People love stats. Here are the stats behind this. Again, you see the dunk. Everyone knows the dunk, but do you know what happens in this game? Let's go through it. Patrick Ewing had 26, 14, 1, 1, and 4 blocks in 41 minutes. Shot 50% from the field. Scottie Pippen had 13, 11, 5 assists, 4 steals, 2 blocks. Great. Yeah, lots of stats there to jam into his 40 minutes. But 13 points, 11 boards, 5 assists, 4 steals, 2 blocks. I mean, it's good, but it's not like, you know, otherworldly. Scotty, 5 of 13 from the field. That's 31%. Missed all of his three-pointers that game. Four turnovers. I'd make the argument Pat had the better game. I'd make the argument Starks had the better game. I'd make an argument that Horace Grant and B.J. Armstrong played as well, if not better. I, I, this is, other than the dunk, this isn't like a Scotty Pippen game most people remember. But it's a seer. You got to go. You got to go wider. Please. Well, I mean, you have to go to the whole seat. Like this, this dunk was the culmination <laughs> of, you know, eight months or seven months of frustration for this dude, you know, joy, pain, you know, it was only the beginning of training camp for this specific season that Michael Jordan retired. You know, did right. Scotty have a heads up? I, I don't know. But like, you know, all of a sudden the team is his. I think on one hand, uh, a responsibility he relished on another one. That's a lot of work. Um, they had a great season, Neil. Great they season. were almost as good as the season before. That's Michael right. Jordan retired. They barely <laughs> skipped a beat. Okay. Amazing. Amazing. And uh, as we were just talking about Mark Jackson, he had been traded from the Knicks to the Clippers. So I definitely, me personally, I was like, fuck the Knicks and <laughs> let me go back to like supporting the dynasty, make my father happy. Right. So, so just me personally, I was all in on the Bulls and very bitter towards the Knicks. Right. And I loved Jordan, but I thought it was such a great justification of Scotty that yes. he had such a great season. Yes. So then- he was MVP of the uh, All-Star Game, which was pretty neat. Awesome. Uh, you know, his only All-Star Game MVP the one year. Like, it just kind of showed, like, what would this guy be capable of right. without Jordan? He showed it during the regular season. They win the first round matchup. They get to the second round against the Knicks, who are certainly the the favorite without Jordan. Jordan the kept Knicks knocking win. him out of the playoffs. And the Knicks so, win games one and two? Yeah, but, yeah. So, the Knicks win game one yeah. and two. Game three. Right. Is the Tony Kukoc game? That's right. I did not know that that was part of this series. Yeah, that's what that's what that dunk was, Neil. It was dunking on everything. Okay, hold on. Okay, hold on. So <laughs> explain Tony. Explain the Tony Kukoc moment for people that might be listening and don't know it. So in game, so the Bulls are down 2-0 Right. In games, and uh, you know, back in Chicago, back in Chicago, and game three with the effectively the series on the line um i think it was 1.8 seconds left the the bulls have the have the ball side side inbounds and um phil jackson calls up a play for tony kukoc who 
I mean, again, maybe this dunk had five years in the making, but if you watch Last Dance, <laughs> if you've studied the Bulls, right. you know, Ku Coach was like a, a pet project of Jerry yes. Krause, extremely yes. talented player. Yes. And him and Scotty ended up like playing very well together over yes. the years. But, you know, Scotty, I think he was making more money already than Scotty. So there was just like envy. And in yes. the current, in that season, their value was not even in the same not realm. Close, right. You know, Agreed. Tony was the sixth or seventh yep. guy off the yep. bench. Great passer, pretty good shooter, but just had not found himself right. as a player. Agreed. So uh, I, I'm pretty sure Pippen was supposed to be the inbounds man to throw it to Kukoc for the last shot, and he refused to go in the game. Refuses to go in the game. Refuses to go in the game. Um, they run the play. Kukoc hits the Nails shot. It. <laughs> the Bulls. The Bulls win. So they keep the season alive. Um, but Scotty's pouting, you know, apparently very famous locker room dress down by Bill Cart, you know, old pro yes. I, Bill Cartwright was always the one that was the most vocal, just how offended he was. Right. Um, I truly see both. I mean, I, I don't think he should have kept himself out of the game. Like, I don't have really any problem with him complaining about it after yeah. the fact. Yeah. Like, you don't have to be too big. You can admit you're hurt. Right. To, to sit out is pretty egregious, yeah. in, in my opinion. I mean, it's your job. Right. These are your teammates. But so so it, so they win, though. So they Tony win. hits the shot. They win. So they're back a lot. Game four, Scotty has a great game. They The fans actually booed him at the beginning. But by the end of game four, it's like, okay. Like, I don't think the love was back yet, but right. he was like a little bit forgiven. Right. They go 20, back 25 in game four. Pippen does. By the they way. go back to New York for game five, yes. Neil. And like, what's crazy. I mean, I think on balance, probably the Knicks were slightly better in the series, but game five, they win at the end on one of the worst calls ever <laughs> against Pippen. <laughs> Hubert right. Davis Hubert takes Davis a catches the ball. Top wide of open. The, That's yes. Right. <laughs> and like, he gets like flicked after the release. This is not like, I don't mind post shot foul calls. Like if you land on the guy's foot or like you jab him in the stomach, like I understand like, you, you know, a post shot foul sometimes is legit. This was like a flick of the finger. <laughs> Hugh Hollins and uh, and Hubert Davis made the free throw. So the Bulls lose like really on some bullshit. So ultimately, they kind of should have been up 3-2. Yes. But whatever. Maybe you say, you know, Kukoc was lucky <laughs> to make it. So they go back home down 3-2 fighting for their lives at the end of this not only emotional season, but this crazy series already that yes. has had the Kukoc incident the Hugh Hollins call and, you know, so Scotty gets this opportunity late in the game. And so that's what I'm saying. Like it, it, it. in, it's a beautiful, beautiful dunk on an elite shot blocker, you know, on its own. Again, it, it's maybe not quite Vince Carter on Frederick Weiss, but it's one of the best in-game dunks regardless of context. But for me, it was the emotion. Like that's yes. what people, people that are just tuning in now, like, Again, I hope you give it lots of your votes just on the strength of the dunk, but you have to he was dunking on Tony Kukoc, Michael Jordan, Hugh Hollins, Phil Jackson, you know, and Patrick <laughs> and, and Patrick Ewing. You know uh. what I'm saying? This there was so much and then, you know, and then he jabs and you know, Spike Lee was super involved. I love how uh. he like tells Spike Lee to sit the fuck down afterwards. You know, like it's just like he had 
it was like him against the world. And some of that he brought on himself. I understand right. it. And he is, you know, he has proven to be kind of like a kind of petty, sort of annoying dude. But like, on the other hand, like, you know, like he just, he just had been taking shots like left and right, like yeah. in many ways, his whole career, definitely that season. And then that series. And it's like, fuck all of you. Like, let me just throw <laughs> this down Patrick Ewing's throat and stand over him. Like that's what that dunk was like. It was about so much more than that play and the fans exploded and like so he was he was forgiven for the for the ku coach incident Uh, and and um the forgiveness angle that's fantastic to think about yeah he forgiven by a fan base for absolutely dropping his teammates off that's a fantastic angle super additive that was thrilling to listen to you do it really the only thing you didn't mention which i feel like most people know. I never know how much to explain on this show, but the truth is, is those Knicks were nasty. They were some yeah. bastards. So dunking on that team in specific, Patrick Ewing being the figurehead of that team, dunking on those dudes. I mean, those guys would shove people out of bounds, push people. They were nasty. So to boof on those dudes in this moment had to have been. Uh, that's a great. Ad- no, you're absolutely right. I mean, they they played an ugly very physical style of play you know hard fouls all the time so you're you're absolutely right i mean that that was just a whole other whole other angle that's almost like the peak of his career in a sense because again it wraps up a phenomenal season without jordan right he got the mvp right he's he's recovered from the sitting out then they lose game seven and then the next year they struggle and jordan comes Comes back back. and look he goes on to win three more rings like kudos they wouldn't have won them without him but it goes back to jordan's team like that was like and kukoc had gotten better than like that was the last moment that he was like the best player oh what this is fantastic this is you're this is so compelling let's keep moving on other stats to consider you know i look at his game six and go you know uh great dunk great moment Stats. Eh. Let's look at his game seven. Game seven, eight of 22 from the field, 36%. Game seven, one for six from three, 20 points for the game, but he did have 16 big boards, five assists, a steal, and a block. Regular season that, that season, his stats 49% from the field, 32 from three, 8.7 rebounds, 5.6 assists, 2.9 steals, 0.8 blocks, and 3.2 turnovers. His postseason that year, 43% down 6%, 26% from three down six percent eight point three rebounds down a half a board four point six assists down a full assist a game two point four steals down a half steal every game point seven blocks down a tick and three point seven turnovers more turnovers it down in a uh, pardon down or worse in every major statistical category from that postseason in this Knicks series, Pippen had fewer points per game than the regular season. He shot a lower percentage from the field. He had fewer rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks in just this Knicks series. His usage rate, highest it had ever been, regular season or playoffs, by 5%. Listen, you've done a tremendous job of making of, of speaking to the importance here. I think you could tell a story of Scottie Pippen's 1994 playoffs and have it look wildly different from this dunk. I just want to throw that out there. 
I mean, I mean, you know, I, I, I didn't crunch, you know, comparison numbers. I think that on on one hand, you're you're right. I mean, he he was not Jordan in terms of, you know, perhaps performance when it counted. But I, I would have to attribute. You know, they, they swept the Cavs in the yes, first round. That's right. So whatever his numbers were, he he did his job. And then the Knicks were just amazing at ruinings at ruining everyone's numbers. Right. You know, a seven-game series, <laughs> a, a slugfest yes. when fouls were called at a, at a much lesser rate than they are. You know, just the physicality of the game. Good point. Um, I think anyone playing long, you know, I don't know. I don't know what Akeem looked like in the finals he had a great series so you know look he's not Michael Jordan and he's not Akeem Olajuwon and you know so yes he wasn't able to per- perhaps overcome the the ugliness that that came with uh playing against the Knicks and they didn't win in the end so you know yeah, he didn't have a he didn't have a great he didn't have a great game seven um but uh, again I to me just uh, they lost the greatest player of all time had as good of a regular season and almost made the Eastern conference finals with him as the unequivocal best player on the team it is pretty phenomenal. And that Hubert um, Davis foul. Yeesh, it yeah. is rough. It is rough to watch it. If you've not seen it, I'm sure it'll be on our Instagram at first ballot HOF. Uh, it is, it is tough. It is tough. That foul call. So Yeah. You're right. Maybe they make the, making the finals with the Bulls without Jordan would have been amazing. Yeah, we got to move on. Our next credential is the eye test. Ben, as you've watched this dunk, what do you see in this moment that might add to its greatness and get it in the first Bell Hall fan? <laughs> Amazingly, as such a nerd as I am, you actually showed me something before we we started recording <laughs> that it, I don't think I'd seen. I mean, it, it is a it is an oft photograph. You know the there are some standard dunks from behind. There are some standard photos from behind the basket. We definitely ran it in slam a number of times um, where, you know, he's elevated over Ewing. But you right. just showed me one that I guess ran in the Chicago Tribune from the other end uh, that I really hope people look at on Instagram where Ewing's leg is like, I mean, he... Again, Patrick Ewing was what seven feet two eighty seven one, like a legendary shot blocker, and that's what he got famous for uh, at Georgetown. I understand he got dunked on too. Jordan Jordan got him a couple times. You know he was fearless to his credit, like he was not afraid to get dunked on. So it's not like oh my God, Pippen dunked on Ewing that alone. But just the physical nature of, I think, for regular humans like you and I, it's hard to comprehend what it would be like to get high enough with enough power to put it over. I mean, Ewing was doing everything in his power to block the shot. I mean, he grabs his wrist like he catch. It's an and one. I mean, we didn't even talk, like this was a, a legit and one like Pippen got fouled by a giant <laughs> and still threw it down. Um so I think, you know, the eye test, he's running the four floor beautifully. He's filling the he's filling the lane. He gets a bounce pass from Pete Myers, I believe. And, you know, quick elevation over again, a legendary shot blocker who's huge, who fouls him hard, and he still gets down the dunk. So and then 
we haven't even talked about it. I, I don't know if th- this has to count. Like the the visualization, Ewing falls on his ass. Pippen stands over him, like like a smooth taunting. Though it wasn't like super egregious, <laughs> but it also was obvious, very clear. That, right? Like like it, it's one of the. That's the other thing about this. It's like one of the best technicals ever. Where you know, like when it's. <laughs> Like I like celebrations, but sometimes you'll see them in football. Yes. It's like that you were practicing that for yes, three weeks, yes, yes. you know, and then other times a guy will do like a quick first down or quick dunk celebration and they'll tee him up. And you're like, you refs are morons. Like right. you're taking the emotion out of the game. <laughs> this was like right in between, you know, like, like there, Scotty was not planning to stand over Patrick Ewing and taunt him. <laughs> but by the other token, it's not like he's like, let me get out of the way and not hurt right, this guy. Right. Like his instinct was like, let me just add a little right. relish to yes. this and stand over Patrick Ewing, who represents, <laughs> you know, this physical team, as well as, as we just said, is kind of a stand in for all the people that have been yes. pissing me off oh, for it. the past seven months. Oh, you're nailing it. And and so he gets the he gets the taunting technical, which is just awesome. And then he walks over and uh Spike Lee stands up and he like puts his finger right in Spike <laughs> Lee's face. Again, like none of this could have been it was just like raw emotion with just a a sprinkle of like legit attitude added in. Um so all of those visuals and you know, it's the old Chicago Stadium, yes. like it's just it's rocking. It's very, yes. uh, it's very compelling te- television video. It, it really is. I, I, I want to comment on everything you just said. First off, you said everything beautifully. I uh, completely agree with you. Scotty is on record saying that the, his momentum took him over Pat. It is very clear he slows himself down as he's straddling Patrick Ewing. Very clear he did that on purpose. You're right. The perfect amount of disrespect. I love it. You mentioned the technical foul. Anytime a referee goes, hold on, that's against the rules. I, I is additive. I appreciate that they said, Scotty Pippen, you are not allowed to do that. I don't even know what they teed him for, but they something he did. They were like, you can't do that again. So they teed him. That's fantastic. And then you're right. It's very. He walks right over to Spike. And again, it, that, that even that was not a deliberate thoughtful thing his momentum swings him over by the sideline spike is up yelling at him and pippen clearly says in a close-up you can see it on our instagram at first ballot each up sit your ass down it's so fantastic it's great it's It's, so good it's It's great so good i do i mean think about like you know, I, I Spike Spike is one of my favorite filmmakers, and I I I'm sure if you're a Nick fan, like it's cute that he's a fan, but like I'm sure Scottie Pippen did not give a fuck about Spike Lee, and I'm sure he's like, you are so annoying, yes. you are so annoying. So it's such a pure, it's like exactly what he was thinking, and like you know, some little fan is not going to say it to him, but like it was just like, sit the fuck down, like who are you? You're so irrelevant to this. You know, why do I have to see you in this moment of glory sit down (laughs) the one thing i do want to add my little eye test moment pat's hand placement listen i don't like to talk like this but i'm willing to do whatever i need to do to accurately describe what happened to our listeners and under these circumstances given where pat put his hands there's no better word to use than this the gooch (laughs) pat 
Scotty stands over him. He clearly slows down. He's looking down at Pat. Patrick Ewing takes his hand to shove Patrick Ewing. And as he's reaching up, he doesn't know where to put his hands. I feel like he, as he started to push him, he realized, wait a minute, I don't know where to put my hands. He yeah. kind of tries to go with his thigh. I think he ultimately really stuffs his hand like in Scotty Pittman's gooch. I don't, you, I don't talk like this. But I do think that word is important under the circumstances, and I want you to know that listening at home. Put it in a scooch. It's, it's, it's very awkward. It's very awkward. I went frame by frame to really study this. I Listen, I'll do what it takes. The next credential is our ear test. Ben, what did you hear in this moment that made it great? I want to play this moment so that we can listen to it together. Myers for Pippen. Whoa, a faithful Scotty Pippen in the face of Patrick Ewing, who did not appreciate it. That was the Bulls answer to John Stark's spectacular dunk last year. And he hovered over Ewing for a second and Patrick didn't like it as any player wouldn't like. So that's Marv and John Andrews doing the game on MSG. And the call is tremendous. I mean, <laughs> like if you ever wonder if you're young and you're like, what's the big deal about Marv, Marv Albert? I mean, replay it. The facial in the face, and then and Patrick Ewing did not appreciate it. It's like the way he the way he said it, and then Andres brings up something that you know, again, especially in the years that I was like anti Knicks, like he jumps right to something that you know. What did I rattle off? Ten different things that Ewing would be yeah. that Pippen would be mad at, right. and Andres goes right to something totally Starks. different. Yeah, which. In like the most surface level basketball point is fair, but like to me that I don't know if you I don't think you've had it on, but like the Stark Stunk is so overrated to me. Wow. Well, first off, like they wow. rewatch it. Like the guys are kind of to the side. It's not for sure. It, there's no and one. Like he, there's three dudes like in the play, yes. but he's not. D Jordan had one on Ewing in that, I believe, in that same. I can't remember what year, but Jordan has one on Ewing where he goes baseline, baseline in the playoffs, yeah. oh, and it's on Ewing. On Pippen Ewing. is on Ewing. Yes. John Starks like dunks with his left hand. He's kind of like <laughs> turning away. You know what I'm saying? It's not like if it was his right hand. I mean, it's very athletic, but like he's basically shying away from the guys and they're like late to get over. So the, the quote unquote dunk is uh. not on anyone. They lost the series anyway. Uh. Like I actually, you know, and I know Pippen has done some interviews on the dunk that we're talking about. And I like, I think John Andrews is dead wrong. Like that was low. Scotty Pippen was not motivated Agreed. for quote unquote revenge Agreed. about a dunk that was pseudo on Horace Grant that right. was overrated to begin with <laughs> when, it, when it was Jordan's team. Scotty Pippen was mad at being fouled by the Knicks uh. at Tony Kukoc at Phil Jackson at, you know, Spike Lee, all these other things. I don't think he cared at all about what Starks had done the year before. But yes, in the pantheon of like Knicks, Bulls, poster dunks, right. this was a good answer to that. But I don't uh, think they're in the same ballpark. I, re I appreciate you speaking to this. I appreciate your thoroughness. I do find it very, very sad 
that Scottie Pippen, your boy, loses game seven, and now you must go attack John Starks to make him look better. I find that very sad <laughs> that you're willing to tear down John Starks <laughs> and his greatest moment all to make your boy look better. It's disgusting. I think if you if you asked, obviously, Nick fans, like, which so pathetic, like, the, the, the Knicks franchise is so pitiful that that's, like, <laughs> oh one of their greatest God. moments. But what's crazy, if you ask fans that have no allegiance to Knicks right. or Bulls, right. I think they, many of them would vote for the Stark Stunk. I, I, it's the power of the singular image. It's the and you mentioned you mentioned the the, the photo from this. Uh, Scott Strazanti took it, worked for the Tribune. It will be on the Instagram. The, there's an image. The, the images of this dunk, the Pippen on Ewing, phenomenal. The, the that singular image of Starks with Pippen, Grant, and Jordan in the shot. It's propaganda. That yeah. dunk, you remember it so finely, and everybody loves it because of that singular image. Everybody just remembers it. It's really what this podcast is about. It's reconnecting those images, those moments back to the context. But, Are they truly great? It's what we're here to decide. Yeah, but but what I what I heard and uh, was just, you know, I, the explosion and then Marv just doing an absolute perfect Fantastic. job of- really great. Uh, of re of replaying it, um, just the, the Ewing did not appreciate is is hysterical. Really great. The one thing that stands out to me that I don't hear in this moment, hoop sounds. I love hoop sounds. There's no hoop sounds in this. I don't think there's a mic. Maybe there's not a mic on hoops at this time. Uh, but I really feel like you miss out on the power of this because there's no hoop sound. Very disappointing. There's no hoop sound. You you watch like a you know there's a lot of people compare like that. Kawhi dunk on Maxi Kleber to this Pippen dunk. That tremendous hoop sound, I feel like that carries that Kawhi dunk. Um, Stromile Swift, my favorite hoop sound of all time, that Stromile Swift two-hander on the Bulls. Yeah. Oh, my God. It sounds like he broke a goddamn spring in that, in that breakaway hoop. Phenomenal. No hoop sounds in this. That's disappointing. The other thing I wanted to mention, Chris Mott. Uh, I, I follow Reed Jack on Twitter. Jack, I think his name is Silverstein. Talented writer. He posted about Chris Mott. He was the Bulls ball boy at the time in a shot of Pippen standing over Ewing. The only other person in the frame that plays is Chris Mott. He's standing at the basketball stanchion. Do you know this story, Ben? No. Chris Mott tweeted, public tweet. He's since deleted it, but it's been it's been captured by the ball is life, folks. Chris Mott tweeted to someone, but do you know what he said to Ewing? And the person responds, responds, nah, man, what did he say? And Chris Mott, who again, is he's in the photo. He's at the stanchion. He's coming out to wipe down the space where Patrick Ewan has fallen. Chris Mott says that Scottie Pippen told Patrick Ewing, eat D's nuts. And he wrote, I was the ball boy under the basket. Like, he's claiming that that's real. I've reached out to Chris yeah. Mott for comment. If he replies, we'll air it right now. If he doesn't, Chris Mott, you are my sworn enemy forever. Because, <laughs> yeah, Pippen says he just said, excuse me, right? Yes, but there's, I mean, listen, we have a, you know, a, a third person account here. The ball boy, who, by the way, was a big Pippen guy. Pippen talks about Chris Mott on Oprah. These guys are connected. Rejack has all of it. You can Google or uh, search on Rejack on Twitter. Uh, Chris Mott says that pa 
that Pip told him eat these nuts. It's really it's just amazing. Uh, the, the 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 thing I always think about, and you, and you really see it in that Scott Rosanti photo. How long Patrick Ewing's arms and legs are, and how splayed out the way he falls. It's really just clumsy and powerful. And the standard, this the eat, if he said eat these nuts, and then he goes over and tells Spike to sit the, sit your ass down. I mean, this is just this is so rich. All right, we got to keep moving here. The next category, the next credential. You mad, Rob? Play my camera on clip here. You mad? You mad? You mad? Thank you so much. Was anybody mad about this moment? I yes, of course someone was mad. Patrick Ewing was mad, but so was Spike Lee. This is audio. Apparently Spike was mic'd, of course he was. This aired during winning time, the 30-30 for Doc, 30 for 30 Doc winning time about the Knicks and the Pacers. Let's listen to it. That is audio of Spike during the Scotty Pippen dunk. Let's listen to it again. Is he that, trying to say that he walked there at the that end is, too? That is literally like the definition of, you know, the... the social media thing nobody colon and spike lee what are you talking about like that literally what are you talking about (laughs) to immediately yell offensive foul is so funny ewing tried to block i mean it wasn't even it wasn't even close he wasn't even trying to take a charge you know it probably would have been arguably less embarrassing for him if i mean shout out to pat for trying to block it yes he grabbed his wrist he elevated to block the shot it was the least offensive foul ever (laughs) the pictures all of the pictures have ewing's hand wrapped around pippen's wrist yeah that 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 is (laughs) amazing i watched that i watched that doc i totally forgot that i did too i had no come on spike so great uh ben we used to work i mentioned this earlier that we used to work together i used to sit across the desk from you you were the editor-in-chief bleacher report for a good while i want to tell you what i remember about working with you ben you'd get shit sent to you every single day you were like a goddamn influencer i don't know what an influencer life is like but I have to imagine the closest I've come to seeing it is sitting across from Ben Osborne. <laughs> Your thoughts on that? You use that people, you get sneakers sent to you, basketball sent to you, you get stuff sent to you all the time. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I would I'm so say goddamn that. jealous. <laughs> I mean, I will say, Neil, and you know, I think I was like, in the back of my head, I would say to myself, like, I mean, I gave a lot of shit away yeah, for, sure, for sure, but I kept a you lot gave stuff to me, by the way. I, I, but if I liked something, I kept it. And I remember being like, this might not last forever, you know, like, <laughs> and let me just tell you, like, <laughs> I, I, I carry a lot of relationships to this day with former coworkers. Mm. I think the PR people not surprisingly was much more fleeting and it's like you think your friends in the moment when they're sending you amazing stuff and i was grateful and i tried to be grateful to the person and they would be good about making it seem like i was the recipient Mm. let me tell you something at least for me now i'm not that 
cool. I never made huge, I never got like huge followings myself. I never really tried to, but like they were not really trying to be nice to Ben Osborne. They were trying to be nice to Slam and then to Bleacher Report in hopes of their stuff getting on their feeds. And I know that because the shit has dried up like crazy (laughs) as I, you know, worked at, you know, when I had less, you know, I was at Fox Sports, not known for their sneaker coverage. I was at just women's sports, not known for their sneaker coverage. So like maybe there was little gifting here and there, but like the really crazy shit that I got at Slam and Bleach Report, particularly in the in the footwear space, you know, and you know what, Neil? I haven't had to buy a pair of shoes in 15 years because I kept them. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, right. and they, they have preserved, thank God, you know, shout out Air Jordan for even your retros being pretty quality footwear. Like I have, you know, and I don't have to wear them every day. I mean, I, I have plenty of shoes in my rotation that are seven, eight years old. Um, so it was, I felt fortunate and I know you used to get a kick out of it and Beckley Mason and like, you know, people would really laugh like, holy shit, what did you get today? And there was a lot and there was a lot at Slam. Um, but again, I can now say in a different place in my life where my mailbox is not blowing up that they weren't, it wasn't really about me. I want this show. I don't care if the show is like super successful. I just want it to be successful enough where someone sends me sneakers and I'll talk about your sneakers. I'll talk about how the craftsmanship, <laughs> talk about the colors. And I'll talk about how well they fit and what they feel like. I'll do it. Whatever you want to do, just send me the shoes and I'll just put them on. I don't even care if I like them. If they're free, <laughs> that will feel like I'm getting something and it would will make this all worth it. So again, feel free to reach out to any of you people that might be listening. What is what's the paraphernalia that you do you have a piece of prize sports memorabilia something collected a pair of sneakers what is in your office I love offices what's in your office that's your prized memorabilia Um I'm looking at it right now I'll show it maybe there's a way you guys can do it it's kind of weird but it's very personal um but yes so it's a framed copy of Slam 106 with LeBron. Um, it was given to me by like two of my best friends as like a congratulations for becoming editor in chief. And it's the oh, first so issue cool. I was. That's my first issue as Is editor really? in chief. Oh, and it's a great cover. The second you see the cover, you'll be like, oh, that one. Yeah. It's, you know, it's it's interesting. I mean, it's knowing, but it's not like it's kind of like the Pippin dunk where I would say the average slam like it's not on a lot of people's favorite slam cover list. I don't really know. I mean, people hate on LeBron in general, um, but it's my favorite. Yeah. We made him the NBA logo. And this was like January 07. He hadn't even been to the finals yet. Like it was like, you know, he was a big mm-hmm. name, but like no one was trying to hear he was better than right. Kobe or, no or in any type That's of right. mix for GOAT. So for us, that was like really a statement that we were saying he should be the new NBA logo. And he gave us a ton of time awesome. uh, trying to pose and get the get like he was game for it. And it just speaks to like the access we had, the chances guys were willing to take with us, the, the stake, you know, the the takes that we were, you know, the the statements we were willing to make. And it happened to be the first issue I was in charge. And I went on to have more, ish, you know, I'm the longest tenured editor ever and it all started with that so and the fact that like personal friends that have nothing to do with the industry that don't work 
near it, you know, just knew how much it meant to me. So it was like, it combines like personal with, with professional. And, um, you know, I recently moved from my upstairs office to the basement, so I haven't rehung it, but if we had done anything like in the heart of the pandemic, that was kind of, that was like my right behind the thing. So that, that one means a lot, yeah, a lot awesome. to me. I mean, I have lots answer. of like tickets and random shit, but that, that really speaks to a moment in time that I, I always want to remember. A great answer. Thank you for sharing that. The next credentials are test of time. That's when we compare this moment, this Pippin dunk on Ewing against other dunks like it. We are tearing through the disrespectful dunks on this show. And for good reason, this is the podcast, the hall of fame for audacious dunks. I'm going to throw out a couple. I'm just going to mention them. Yeah. You tell me you, I want your response. Does, let me ask you one question, Neil. Yeah. Now, I, I probably think that this is better than all of them, and I, I'll, but I'll be very honest. But like, is only one? I mean, more than one dunk is going to get in the Hall of Fame. There's more than one home run hitter. There's more than one three point well, shooter. What we're deciding is that's what that's we're deciding is how many quote disrespectful dunks are we going to put in? Does it devalue the ones in if you continue putting in? disrespectful dunks like Got am it. i gonna put Kawhi on maxi kleber in someday no these well I, this is what we're deciding here so okay. we're gonna look at the ones that we've already had episodes on and okay. discuss sean kemp smashing on alton lister a phenomenal celebration yeah also phenom- a playoff phenom- game yeah a playoff series the sonics would go on to win the lister blister a great call from kevin calabro yeah. Shaq dunking on Chris Dudley, shoving him out of bounds. That's Lakers, Knicks, NBC, you know, middle of a Sunday. That's uh, Chris Dudley picking up the ball, throwing it, and hitting Shaq in the ass. Chris Dudley also, I like to mention, is married to Chris Dudley. Chris Dudley's wife is also named Chris Dudley. It's yeah, spelled no, the I, same way. I, I, I heard your bit on that. I mean, that, that one's great for the, for the Chris Dudley mocking, but like, how is, how is, Shaq, I mean, it, you, if we want to go on and just talk about his numbers or his, you know, somehow probably being underrated, I'm here for that. But how is any Shaq dunk? I mean, he was the biggest guy. Like, it's not. Yeah, but the you know, power if, if, of it if all. If Pippen, that would be like if Pippins was on, you know, Greg Anthony or something. Like, it's not. It, <laughs> it's not. A, like, there's right, not. That's the, a great the, point. You know. That's a great point. You're right. He is demonstrably bigger. Uh, th- I would say there's some power there, but the, the throwing the ball and saying "fuck you" that yeah, all being on camera, it's great. I mean, yeah. th- th- to me, that's the one that we have to decide. Like, is this thing better than Shaq Dudley? It, also, it is because over Weiss. Be- but no, but but the the Kemp one, and I think he had two in that game. He, he had did. the Gatling rattling yes. too, yes. <laughs> and that was like an arrival. Like I have the I had the inside stuff. You know, like I don't remember what Calabro said. It was Ahmad Rashad that called it the Lister Blister and the Gatling Rattling. And it was like an arrival. Like I remember watching that with my friend in Brooklyn. You know, like the Son the NBA wasn't like totally national yet. Like right. that announced Sean Kemp's yes, arrival. For sure. No way on Ewing on Chris Dudley just for the simple like who cares? The the Knicks were terrible. It it had no wow. like if Patrick wow. was mad, I mean, if Shaq was mad at Chris Dudley, like on some personal shit, fine. It does not the 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 buildup relative to even Kemp. That's just like what he did. Like right. he was here to dunk <laughs> on people. Like he was dropped down in a moment to be 
one of the most amazing dunkers of all time. Sure. Scottie Pippen, that's not what you think of. That's not one of the top. If great. you ask someone, what do you think of when you think of Sean Kemp? Literally, they're going to say yeah. powerful dunks. <laughs> Scottie Pippen, that's not going to be one of, you know, great passer, bitch, sitting out, uh, versatile, Batman, you know, Robin to Jordan's right. Batman, ex-wife, you know, out, <laughs> acting wild out on the streets, like dunk, like he was so, he had so much, you know, his, he had sneakers, like he had so much going on in his life. Like it's just, so that, the fact that he rose out of all of these other things to have this dunk, that's what separates him from Kemp. And then Shaq, like if that's what first ballot hall of fame, if you want to honor Shaq, with that dunk as like, this is what encaptures what was so like, he belongs in your hall of fame. So I don't mind it in that regard, but I'd say, you know, the dunk from, from Kobe against the Blazers in game seven could go in for sure. I'd say the one at the nets where he literally pulled down the entire basket stanchion and they had to stop the game for an hour. Like he would, he overpowered the sport. Doing that to Chris Dudley and having Chris Dudley's like feeble throw speak for how an entire league probably felt about Shaq for seven or eight years. They're like, we can't handle this guy. Fine. No problem. Like, you know, Shaq deserves Shaq probably had eight moments to maybe Scottie Pippen had maybe three. So it's like, you know, he has the volume, but the Pippen dunk is better. Oh, this is great. He Brent is so worked up. You can't see it. He's so worked <laughs> up. This is fantastic. I do want you to know, Sean Kemp, the the, the Lister Blister, Shaq shoving Dudley, Vince over Vice, all three in the first belt Hall of Fame. How many of these are we going to put in? It's just something to consider. We got to move on. The next credential, Twitter fingers. Any great tweets about this moment? Obviously, this happened way before Twitter. I did go through. Uh, searching for tweets about this. Lots of people tweet about this moment. They continue to tweet about this moment, which speaks to its enduring quality. Uh, a ton during the last dance. This must have run during the last dance. Everybody talking about it during the last dance. Also, Jesus, uh, uh, the the legend on Twitter, posted that Pippin dunk on Ewing was an anti-Jamaican hate crime. <laughs> the next credential, the press conference, any great media, any great press, any great quotes about this, Harvey Ayrton, I went and read the New York Times the day after, May 21st, 1994, to see what the Times ran about this. Harvey Ayrton, classic New York sports writer, wrote a piece in the Times the following day, titled, All Right, Big Guy, Just Try to Get Back Up. That's the title. (laughs) That's the headline of this piece that starts, The scene was something out of Ali Liston when Muhammad Ali knocked Liston down with a phantom punch, then stood over his fallen opponent and dared him to get up. Sonny Liston never got up. At least Patrick Ewing tried for all the good it did him. Fantastic. Harvey Ayrton in the New York Times, May 21st, 1994. I mean, I think it it did speak to people's, you know, frust- the, the promise and frustrations of the Ewing era. I mean, yes. he hadn't made a finals yet. You know, right. he had... He was an incredible, incredible player, but he had not brought them to the promised land. Here he is getting dunked on by a Bulls team that Knicks fans were like, oh, Jordan retired. Like, it'll have an asterisk, but at least we're going to win it this year. So, and he did, you know, he, he got up, they won game seven, they won the next round, they went to the finals. 
New Yorkers were ready. To, they were ready to cut 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 the line on Patrick Ewing in this moment. So I think Ewing's response to it, you know, does speak well of well of him. Uh, another media tidbit here to add: the day before this game, the nineteenth, the Knicks and Bulls play on the twentieth. That's when the dunk happens on the nineteenth. As voted on by the members of the media, Patrick Ewing did not make any of the All-NBA teams. Hakeem Olajuwon of the Rockets was the first-team center. David Robinson was second-team. Shaq was third-team. So, so Ewing had some frustrations, too, I'm sure. Can you – I want to – I don't know. There's no way you should know this. But I do want to – I have a little bit of trivia set up for you here. I want you to try and name the first-team All-NBA – for that season, 1994, 93-94. Do you believe you can do this? First team. You're going to be blown away when you hear some of these names. Uh, I doubt I'm going to get it. but um, You should. It would be insane if you got it. Akeem. Yes. Gary Payton. Gary Payton was third team. Pippen was second team. Pippen was first. Pippen made first. Yes. Probably his only one. That's right. Um, John Stockton. Stockton was the point guard. First team. You got Pippen, Olajuwon, Stockton. You need two more. Carl Malone. Carl Malone. Power forward. You're four of five right now. You'll never guess the other guard. You will never guess the shooting guard. First team, all NBA. Mitch Richmond. Mitch Richmond was second team. A great answer. But he was second team. It wasn't Reggie was third team, if anything. Reggie was not on the all NBA this season. I'm going to go through the third team. Mark Price, point guard, third team, All-NBA this season. Mark Price, Gary Payton, Derek Coleman, D.C. Nice. Dominique Wilkins. I can't even believe that's real. 94. Shaq, third team center. Second team, Robinson, the Admiral. Sean Kemp, Charles Barkley, Mitch Richmond, and Kevin Johnson. Wait, and now did, first did Penny Hardaway? No. Scotty Pippen, Dream, the mailman, John Stockton, the shooting guard. Are you ready to quit? I mean, you're never going to get this. You won't believe this. I can't even believe I, this. I will, answer. and I'm embarrassed that I don't know it. The shooting guard, first team All NBA, 1994, Latrell Sprewell. Wow. Can you believe that answer? Is that the year he played 45 minutes a game? I, I mean, it must be. Let me look. What is what? Is, hold on. Spree. Yes, forty-three minutes per game. You're exactly right. Twenty-one points a game, uh, almost five rebounds, two assists, a block. Shot forty-three percent from the field, thirty-six percent from three. Uh, Latrell Sprewell was a first-team All-NBA guard. Jordan leaves, and Latrell Sprewell is your first-team All-NBA two guard. Uh, fantastic. What? That's amazing. Right. That's that, also made, that also made me go deep into the MVP voting for that season. Dream was first. Akeem won the MVP that season. Yeah. Robinson was second. Pippen was third. Yeah, good for Pippen. Shaq, Ewing was five. Peyton, Kemp, and Malone tied for seventh. Mark Price was tied for ninth. Can you guess who was tied for 11th? All right. I, so I'm, this is, I don't even know how to do this. I'm just so fascinated by these answers. Tied for 11th place MVP voting this season was Kevin Johnson. We heard him on the All-NBA team. Latrell Sprewell, first-team All-NBA guy. John Stockton, first-team All-NBA. Dominique Wilkins made All-NBA. Here are some of the other guys that tied for 11th place 
All MVP votes in 94. You're never going to believe this. Mookie Blaylock. <laughs> Dennis Rodman. And the last one, I just throw, I want you to throw out a random NBA player that you think maybe got a tied for 11th place in the NBA MVP award voting in 1994. Just do me a favor and throw out some random player that you think maybe got some votes. Brad Darty. No. Great answer, though. I love Brad Darty. What a pass. Uh, tied for 11th. He played for the Atlanta Hawks. Kevin Willis. Kevin Willis. Kevin Willis. I can't believe that's the answer. Kevin Willis <laughs> played 36 minutes a game, 19 points a game, 12 boards. Great season. Yeah. Kevin Willis, those little T-Rex arms. He was all muscular. Fantastic. I can't believe yeah. those are those are real. Um, uh, it also – I'm sorry. I've got one more stat. Scottie Pippen had 2.9 steals per game that season. It was actually 2.93 steals per game. That seemed excessively high, and it made me wonder how many players have had more steals per game than that in a full season. Ben, there are eight guys who have had more than 2.93 steals per game in one full season, minimum 65 games. Ben. That's amazing. Amazing. Can you name two of the guys that you think had a higher steals per game average across the season 65 games? Peyton. Is Peyton not one of them? Gary Peyton is not one of them. Um, <laughs> uh, Alvin Robertson? Alvin Robertson. Alvin Robertson did it one, two, three, f- four times Alvin Robertson in his career. Four separate seasons had more than yeah. 2.93 steals in a game. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, including the a... number one, he had three point six seven steals per game in eighty six. Over eighty two games, I might add. That's amazing. Um, Stock did Stockton ever Stockton. do it? Great. Yeah. Stockton, another All one. Right. The other guys, Don Buse, never heard of him. Michael Ray Richardson did it twice. Sugar. <laughs> Sugar. Oh, I love. I was a big. Was a big Michael Ray Richardson. I was gonna fan. say I don't know anything. I don't know much about. I, if you had said to me, "What do you know about Michael Ray Richardson?" I go his nickname. I've seen him play, but I didn't know he was such a fantastic. Uh, I was on the bus. I was on the in fifth and sixth grade. I like I had to take a bus to school, and I was on the bus, um, and they would play like the news radio over yeah. it, and yeah. they announced that he'd been suspended from the NBA. Wow, um, and I was crushed. He he I mean he was literally banned from the league. Yes. And um he was one of my favorites, number twenty. He was really, really good net. And he spelled Michael, you know, very special way. So. <laughs> Michael Ray Richardson had three point two three steals in a season, um, over eighty two games, and two point nine six uh steals over eighty two games. Amazing. Scoop Scoop Jackson, all time <laughs> legendary writer. Uh, his his old school feature on Sugar Ray said that um, he had a problem with the other other white meat, <laughs> which Perfect. I which I always thought was genius. <laughs> Slick Watts had more steals uh, per per game over a season. Donald um, Nate McMillan did it once. Okay, uh, Michael Williams is that uh, the old Nets Michael Williams? 
I don't know. I should have looked. No, no. He spelled it with an E, too, this one, didn't he? Yes, he's exactly right. Yeah, he played for the Timberwolves. Oh, there you go. Michael Williams. There you go. Uh, And then uh, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan also had a 3.16 season. Uh, That was a lot of fun. That was fun for me to go through. You know what else happened, Neil? And I can't believe we like this is a great kind of full circle, but 93-94, the season we're talking about, that's when Slam started. Is that true? Oh, I didn't realize. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. But, I mean, they imagine their shock when Michael Jordan yeah. retires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, "We're going to do a fun. we're going to do a magazine about basketball. <laughs> this is going to be killer." And then the 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 most famous player in the world promptly retires. That's amazing. So they that's go with really Larry great. Johnson on cover one. <laughs> All right. Oh, that's a perfect story because I look at Larry Johnson being cover one and go, "What a specific like the specificity of that makes me go." Well, now I like this magazine because they're different. They go, but you're right. It's because Jordan walks away. Never thought about that. That's fantastic. Ben, while we're talking about throwback NBA, I've constructed a little game. I'm challenging you to play it. It's called NBA nicknames. I'm going to give you a player. You have to tell me the nickname. You can ask for what they team for what team they played on, similar to a definition in the spelling bee. If you get four out of five correct, you win. The, the prize if i if i can stump you i win the prize are you ready yes here we go the, uh, you have to tell me the nickname for greg anderson cadillac okay <laughs> greg cadillac all right next one vernell coles bimbo oh Virgi- Virgi- virginia tech and Cadillac Anderson went to Alabama, I'm pretty sure. These are going to get more difficult here. Here we go. Okay. Armand Gilliam. The hammer. Oh. <laughs> Armand with a O and then became with an E and UNLV. <laughs> he's, wal- he's waltzing through this game right now. Here's where we get difficult. This is my favorite NBA nickname because I had never heard it in my life. And if you know it, I'll be very impressed. Ricky Pierce. I've never heard this. I only saw it on like Wikipedia or something. And I was like, is this real? But it's uh, all over the internet. Maybe just because it proliferated. Great shooter with the box. Six don't man. remember the, don't remember the college, which I'm ashamed at. And I don't know what his nickname was. Oh, it's great. All right. Now this is going to set up. This is going to be the last one. It's going to come down to the. Are Ricky you going to tell me Ricky? Yes, yes, yes. Ricky okay. Pierce, nickname. Big paper daddy. I've That's all over it. the internet. I, I swear, I swear to you. Okay. That feels like some. That feels like some. Re, like, uh, like Revisionist. people today love it. About, <laughs> whatever. I, I mean, he was a teeny bit before my time. Yes. So, big paper daddy. You're trying to talk your way out of not knowing that. It's a little yeah. embarrassing, but let's keep going. Yeah, <laughs> I'm embarrassed. One more chance to say this. Joel Prisbilla. Last one. Joel Prisbilla. Do you remember Joel Prisbilla's nickname? I mean, we gave him one. I can't imagine. I mean, is it? it? Are you calling it Ghostface? Oh no, no, no! Oh no! Oh. I didn't. <laughs> we we called him Ghostface Prisvilla. <laughs> That's really good. I'm gonna count that and say you won the prize. <laughs> that is not the nickname I saw for him online, but it's a great nickname. It made me laugh more than the, the nickname he actually has online. For oh, again, who knows if any of these things are real? Someone could have just put this on his Wikipedia. Joel Prisvilla's name, as I saw it, nickname, as I saw it. The Vanilla Gorilla. Uh, <laughs> oh, here's here's one to say. Ghostface is so much better. So much better. Way better. Way better. <laughs> uh, here's another one uh, to save this. Corliss Williamson. Uh, big Nasty. Perfect. Great. Yeah. Great job, Ben. All right. University of Arkansas. Really great. 
Uh, the next the next credentials are X Factor. Everyone knows what an X Factor is. What is the X Factor that makes this moment great? I think it's the Scott Strazanti picture that Ben mentioned earlier on. It is breathtaking again on yeah. the Instagram. It's truly phenomenal. The silhouette is amazing. The silhouette of this dunk got used in a pair of Nike up tempos. It got put on the sort of the insert on the heel. A phenomenal. Do you have an X Factor for this game? Um, no, I mean, I think, I think the photo, I think the photo is that, and then it's all the things that had happened, you know, it's the, yes, it's the, the it's backstory. the crew coach sitting out yep. and it's the Hugh Holland's foul. The, the, it's hard to call spike an X factor cause it became so prominent, right. but this, it, there was just so many wrinkles to it. Pat being a stand in for crew coach and for Phil Jackson yeah. is so much fun to think about. Yeah. I want to throw another one at you. Did you know that this was the last game? at Chicago Stadium. Oh my god. I, they closed the doors after this season. That that's a huge X fact. That's it's huge. so this was one of the last baskets yes. scored there. Yes. They By had far that, the biggest last this is the this is the last great moment in Chicago Stadium history. That's incredible. They had that um they did have that like charity game, I think, when Mike oh, like yeah, kissed the floor, right. maybe in October of yes before the next season. Uh, what a great but pull! I thought it was maybe one more year. That's amazing. I totally forgot that. That's absolutely incredible. It's really good. It's additive here, Ben. We have to keep going. The next credential is the voting committee. That's when we go out to you, the listeners. We get a third opinion on whether this moment should make the first ballot Hall of Fame. Who do we go to today? Who weighs in today? Scott Strazanti, the, the legendary photographer who, who took a picture of this moment. Let's hear what Scott has to say. Does Scottie Pippen's dunk over Patrick Ewing belong in the first ballot Hall of Fame? Absolutely. I began my photo career in the late 1980s in my hometown of Chicago and had the luck and joy to follow along as the Bulls went on their championship run. You know, many of the great moments that I photographed and witnessed in those years revolved around Michael Jordan. There was the shrug in the 1992 NBA Finals, the flu game. There was the underhanded arm switching shot, you know, against the Lakers. There was the final shot in the sixth championship over Utah. But the singular most outstanding play throughout that Bulls run that I photographed was Scottie Pippen's dunk over Patrick Ewing in the 1994 Eastern Conference semifinals. The Knicks would go on to win that series, but no one seems to remember that. All they remember is the dunk. You know, I've had, an amazing run as a sports photographer. I moved to San Francisco in 2014 and has been able to follow along as the, the Warriors and Steph Curry have gone on their championship run. So I feel that I have photographed two of the greatest dynasties in NBA history. And I've seen a lot of dunks over the years. I've seen a lot of amazing plays. But the Scottie Pippen dunk over Ewing is for me far and away the best dunk and probably the best play I've ever witnessed in person. There you have it. Listen to Scott. He's been there for the Bulls, for the Warriors, and he's absolutely right. Very few people remember that the Knicks actually won this series. Ben, I see the clock is winding down on us. It's almost time for America's favorite podcast segment, More Important. Ben, do you know More Important? Have you heard it on the show? Uh, yes. Oh, we did it, everybody. <laughs> we finally have someone who knows the segment. Well, the trick's on you, Ben, because I decided long ago that the first time someone did know this more important segment, I'm going to ask you a tough question, but instead of cutting you off this time, Ben Osmer, you do have to answer this question. Are you ready for more important? 
Yes. Ben, remember, you must answer this question. Rob, my editor, do not play the guitar music here. Ben must answer this question. Ben, what are your opinions on clickbait journalism? The gotcha questions, the leading headlines, the hot take culture, the anything for a click mentality that's strangling not just sports writing, but all writing today. How do we get back to substance? And what what role did you play in getting us to this point? Oof. Um... Oh, I'm so sorry, Ben. Nobody cares about all that shit. It's time for something more important. (laughs) I'm about to ask you questions that are way more important than any of the bullshit we've been discussing previously. And your answer to these questions will define who and what you are. Ben Osborne, noted journalist and online basketball pioneer. Are you ready for more important? Here we go. The guitar music's playing. There's like a timer. It's counting us down. Let's just go with it. Who has the best looking shot of all time? And I do have a follow-up. Who has the best looking shot of all time? Stephen Curry. You can't say Steph Curry. That's the follow-up. You can't say Steph Curry. Uh, I mean, this is a weird one, but I love Chris Mullins. It's beautiful. The le- this is something about left-handers. Yeah, but a lot of them are so janky. He had like a dope. Uh, I'll say Chris. I'll say Chris Mullins then. Great answer. I'm going to go Dale Ellis, but this isn't about me. Ben, next question. Who do you believe? I was thinking of Dale Ellis when you're talking about Ricky Pierce. Very, right. you know, similar <laughs> players and era. Ben, who do you believe is the best sixth man of all time? No, I'll say Vinny Johnson. I'll say Vinny Johnson. The microwave. Since I grew up with Vinny. Great yeah. answer. Ben, I know you like prize fighting. Who's your favorite boxer of all time? Uh, Sweet Pea Whitaker. Oh, what a great answer. Pernell Whitaker, a phenomenal boxer. Floyd before Floyd. You grew up in New York City. Pardon. You grew up in the New York area. What did you steal as a kid? I know you had to steal something when you were younger. What did you steal? You came to New York. You stole something. What did you steal? Uh, baseball card. There we go. <laughs> Peanut butter and jelly or grilled cheese? This is a banger. Uh, grilled cheese. Great answer. Your favorite toy as a kid. Do you have a toy that was important to you? Oof. It wasn't sports related. Um... No. Oh, wow. Wow. This is really just disrespecting that question. (laughs) (laughs) What rap album, what rap album changed your life? Uh, It takes a nation to moon. Great great answer. Great answer. Who is your favorite female basketball player of all time? Uh, I'm going to say John Quill Jones. Great answer. Great answer. You know, she went to G like she's she went to the same college as me and no one ever has done anything in basketball there <laughs> plus her backstory in bahamas um and she's just super cool she's awesome great answer you work in new york city what's your favorite restaurant in new york city uh it's i'll i i know what place i love uh vnt pizzeria on the morning side heights. oh oh there we go morning side heights i don't get the morning side heights a lot a great answer ben you just finished more important you did great that was fantastic. So much fun to cut you off, to bait you into thinking you'd have to answer that. That was great. I so appreciate you knowing the segment. We did it, everybody. We did it. We finally did it. The next credential is the cosign. Ben, it's to you. You've done such an amazing job of already speaking to why this moment should be in the first belt Hall of Fame. But this 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 credential is yours. Does Pippen boofing on Ewing belong in the first belt Hall of Fame and why? 
1,000% yes. Uh, it honors one of the best players of all time. It speaks to just the emotion of sport and this sport in particular. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, I, you know, he's remembered for a lot of different things, not all of them positive, but I think he deserves to be honored for this moment. And it just, it, when you take into account all that went into it, the history before and after, I think it's unequivocal first ballot Hall of Fame. It's time for the induction speech. That's, it's me. It's on me now. I get to decide this. I, I'm going to take everything Ben said into account, but I have to make the decision on my own. And listen, it's a great dunk. It's, it's otherworldly. As I started doing the research, I realized I didn't know the context. I didn't know enough about the context. It was just long enough ago, and I, I hated the Bulls because they weren't the Lakers. And so I didn't really remember the context. The Bulls losing Game 7. They won the game with the dunk, but they lose Game 7. They lose this playoff and get knocked out by the Knicks. How great can this dunk be if they ended up getting knocked out? Something to consider. Then I start looking at his stats and I go, my gosh, the stats aren't here to really be like, this was an exclamation point on this amazing performance from him in this game or even this series. And then I start comparing it in the test of time against all these other dunks. I argue Shaq's dunk is funnier. Chris Dudley getting shoved out of bounds is super funny. He was like an asshole governor, and Shaq shoved him out of bounds, and he, he got so mad he picked up the ball and threw it and hit Shaq in the ass. That's funnier. Sean Kemp smashing on Alton Lister pointing at him. It was amazing. Kevin Calabro's call, otherworldly. Vince Carter jumped over a giant French dude. It was like an international event. Those are, be to me, those all might be better than this dunk. So am I going to put this thing in the first ballot Hall of Fame? Ben, you completely flipped me. Yes, this thing's going in the first ballot Hall of Fame. You saying specifically that Scotty was dunking on everyone. That gave me chills. <laughs> you talking about this being the peak of Pippen's career. You're right. It might be the individual peak. Jordan leaves, Pippen's got it on his own, and he proves that I'm not just the second banana. I'm a monster. And the exclamation point on that season is this dunk. Congratulations, Scotty Pippen. But more importantly, congratulations to Ben Osborne. This moment is in the first ballot Hall of Fame. Woo! You made me sweat there. I, I honestly, I swear to you, I really was like, you know what? I think this will be better if I don't put this thing in. It will give credence to the others being funny or better. But you go in and you go, it's he, the, Ewing was a stand-in. That really was effective. And you're right. It was all that angst from all of that shit before. And you're right. The other thing I didn't even remember is that the Ku Coach moment happens in that series. He hated Ku Coach. He, he guards him in the in the 92 Olympics, shuts yeah. him down with Jordan because they were so anti-Kukoc because of how much uh, 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 Reinsdorf loved him. Or no, Kraus loved him. Pardon. Kraus, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's really a rich moment. Spike Lee, Scottie <laughs> Pippen, Ben Osborne. It's really just phenomenal. Re congratulations to you. How do you feel? I feel great. It's, it's the most fun I've had in months. <laughs> <laughs> now, how can people follow you? Thank you for doing the show. How can people follow you? What are you working on? What can you plug? Uh, definitely listen to the Point Forward podcast. Uh, Evan Turner, Andre Iguodala. We do do some hit some great topics there and have some great guests. Um, my Twitter, for as long as that crazy platform exists, is <laughs> bosborn17. Also, Instagram. Um, 
I'm writing for Slam still, so always, you know, I hope everybody is following, subscribing to to Slam, and uh, you know, who knows where I will land next, but it'll be it'll be sports related and probably hoops based and, on and, my past. And they will be lucky to have you. Ben Osborne is a perfect guest for the first Bell Hall of Fame. Ben, thanks so much for doing the show. I appreciate it. Thank you, Neil. This is awesome. That's it. That's the show. My grateful, appreciative thanks to Ben Osborne for coming on the show and for really caring. I could tell. The audience can tell. You were fantastic. Thanks, as always, to Rob and Jessica, the team behind the show. Thanks to Rhythm J and Jorge Naranjo for the music. Please consider subscribing to the show. And if you would be so kind, rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. The show keeps growing. We have you to thanks. Stay healthy. Enjoy the new year. And please come back next week for more First Bell. Put it in a scooch.